0: And away we go. And welcome into the program. This is For The Win. I'm Eric Linalda coming to you from the uh, Blue Wire Studios here in beautiful Las Vegas. It is not so beautiful, actually. If you live here and you woke up this morning to gray skies and some rain, it didn't even feel like Vegas, but I thought it was awesome. I had to take the kids to school. Everybody had to have a jacket. It's great. I mean, people don't, I've said this before on my previous uh, podcast, but in Las Vegas, believe it or not, there are more days under seventy degrees than over, so figure that out, and then and then you, you realize there actually are somewhat of the seasons in Las Vegas, and today is certainly one of those days. I guarantee that we've got an offset chance at some snow uh, before we get to Christmas, and I'm really hoping for that. I am in the middle of a move. It's not even a move because. We're currently occupying two houses, and anybody has ever done this, which is it's so ludicrous that we're doing this, but we're doing it, and it's just every morning is just fun stuff, fun stuff with the kids. We didn't have spoons two days ago, but now we have spoons, so the kids aren't eating yogurt with their hands. And he, all the parents out there, they're going, all right, all right, all right, but anyway, listen, let's get to the football right away. Was an interesting week. Certainly, an interesting week on a whole bunch of different levels. I'm going to go through all of the uh, results from the UEFA Champions League. I, I actually got to ca- catch more games than I usually do. Actually, I had a friend with a birthday that we got to uh, sit there and in the uh, it's a little restaurant here at the win called Charlie's that we've we've actually we're on now on first uh, name basis with everybody that would possibly ask us for a table. They're like, hey guys, good to see you Eric. Which is really cool. I, li- I like that. It's almost like old school Vegas. But anyway, I- I've watched a lot of games. A lot has transpired this week. I was worried about Atletico. I didn't think they were even going to make it in this deal. But let's. I'm going to pile through that stuff. I have to go back to Ralph Ryanick. Ralph's group. I don't know what we're going to call him. Wreck-It Ralph. What's your name? Uh, Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph. You're not from here, are you? No, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, not from right in this area. I'm just doing some work here. I don't know, I don't know what we're going to call this whole ordeal. But uh, in their game against Young Boys yesterday, final score 1-1. One to one. And did you catch the post-game comments? And if you haven't, I encourage you to do that. If you last on Twitter, what they put up on Twitter, uh, for the 2 minutes and 33 seconds of that, then congratulations. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I didn't. And it's, and it's going to be the topic of today after I run through all this stuff of why certain coaches vacate their posts quicker than others. And it really has become something of interest to me because I've occupied a head coaching position and I understand that your voice every day can be tiresome. And there's, there's certain ways you know, that, that, that people choose to lead. And being a leader isn't easy. It's not. It's not. But I, you know, I've, I've been doing a whole bunch of research on, on Ralph Reionick, and I think I've got it. I think I've got it, and I'm going to try and present that way in a digestible way for everybody to understand what's about to happen. And this is going to sound crazy, because oftentimes I say things that are crazy. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But when the season starts next year, okay, let's, let's, let's go all the, way, uh, all the way to August of next year. I get it. Seven months away. I, I understand. Ralph Rarnik will not be the coach. He will not be on the sidelines. And it's going to be for multiple reasons. Not because of results. If I actually would argue that if the results are going phenomenally, if if everything is, is just a well-oiled machine, he will step away quicker than if it wasn't. Because it's just not, it's not him. And the other component of that is I'm already sick of him. I was like two times he's been in front of the You know when you'd like when you're listening to somebody, if it's somebody who's speaking, it could be somebody that's in the it's, it's their second language. It could possibly be someone who's just struggling on the stage or on television or being interviewed or sweating profusely, whatever it is. You make that face like, are they gonna get that sentence out? It's almost like it's, it's, it just annoys you. I found myself making that face yesterday and the guy's only been in the job for a week. He basically just described everything that happened. Well then we lose the ball in the first zone and we don't lose the ball in the first zone. We have to lose the ball in the second zone. If the second zone we be playing the second and third zone, then maybe does anybody know what the hell he's talking about? No. Does anybody is this a class that we're supposed to be in? Is that what's going on? Wait a minute, Doc. Are you telling me that it's 825? Precisely. Damn. I'm late for school. I don't know. I, I just don't think that the English and the traditionalists are going to be able to swallow this one. I mean, I get it with all the different characters that have come in, and some of them speaking riddles, and some of them really dive in. But this guy is not Klopp, okay? He's not going to make you smile. He's just not. So I'm a totally normal guy. I'm, I'm the normal one. I, I listen to, I, I watch Klopp, you know, I've known Klopp since we were players. He actually marked me in a game against Mainz and, and called me a Shizami, which means a shit American, which is pretty funny. And then he was like, hey, look, my coach is panicking. He's panicking. He's going to put me up front, and I'm going to go win the game for us. You watch, you stupid American. And that's actually what happened. I think this final score was 2-2. Two to two. But I love playing against Klopp. But Klopp took, takes the job. He learns the job in Mainz, goes to Dortmund, wins everybody over, and now he's in Liverpool. And he has a quirky way about him, and he's a big hugger. And he makes people smile and he remembers your name. And he says, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? I said, eh, for sure. And everything is okay because you like him. Ralph Reiernik walks right past you, maybe gives you a glance. He's got his briefcase in hand. It's all business. I'm up to my office. Leave me alone. That's what's happening. Don't say, oh, I'm wrong. I, I lived in Germany. I know Germans better than you do. I started acting like a German for a while. My five friends had to straighten me out. What the hell is this? Why are you so regimented? Why, I know I'm two minutes late, but leave me alone. That's the way it is in Germany. One of my first friends in Germany, I, I, he says to me on a Thursday, hey, let's have coffee on Tuesday. I said, okay, great. What, where do you want to go? Well, let's go to this place called Langerfeld. I'll see you there at two o'clock. I showed up at 204. He looked at me like I had three heads. He was like, where have you been? I said, hey, man, good to see you. Because oh, hey, it's it's 204. I've been waiting here for four minutes for you. I was like, wow, sorry. I didn't know that we were really on a clock here. Ralph Arnick is that to the nth degree. I mean, this is going to get, this is going to get interesting. I mean, I felt like he was reading the instructions from how to install a refrigerator. I think I've said that twice today. But it's already, it, it, to me, it's the professor that you, that, that you had. That the first time you saw him, her, they were interesting. They were quirky. They had something about them that you, and, and, and they started speaking. And then they caught your attention. And then you were like, wow, they're so interesting. That first lecture was like, wow, you were excited about the course. Six weeks later, you're like, oh, I'm going to miss that again. He's going to say the same shit over and over again. Same jokes, same everything. I mean, I feel sorry for my wife sometimes. I live this with my wife. She's like, Eric, you told me this story six months ago. We were at the coffee shop. I mean, seriously, do you don't remember? I feel like we're going to go through that with Ryanick. But Ryanick is basically not going to tell you anything outside of what happened. Well, we had the ball then we lost the ball and then the ball went in the back of our net and then we were angry but then we were angry for a little bit but then we got better and then we decided we we're going to do something else and then we decided to control the game next question what did he do? I, you know at least klopp will take you somewhere klopp will like you know start getting philosophical with you ah the tree and then the tree the shade is on what side of the tree you don't know ah, i do know and then it gets like interesting but it's almost like it's smoke and mirrors at times, and you don't know if he's completely full of crap or this is just uh, some sort of life lesson. I can just see those guys falling asleep already. I, I, I get what they're doing. I understand what they're doing, and I think I've argued the point that they're trying to be better businessmen. In Man City and some of the other teams, they're, they're, they're actually starting to really see the repercussions of overspending, and on the, on the tail end of a pandemic, when they're just when it's not adding up we have to be better businessmen we have to loosen we can't loosen up uh, you know th- those purse strings we have to figure out where our money streams are and how we're going to make money doing this and in that instant right Ralph Riederick is perfect is he a culture builder i don't know i don't know I, I really can't answer that it's not really something that it might should be a topic and if you're coming from Leipzig and you go to Manchester, it's the same damn weather. It might snow a little bit more in Leipzig. Living in Germany and being a part of that, I've kind of figured it out. And for those of you who don't know or if you haven't ever studied German, let me give you a little, uh, a little example of, of something that might make sense to you. When you speak German, sometimes the no or the negative is at the end. So when people think that Germans are such stoic people, that they just don't smile, sometimes you'll tell a joke. And a German will say to you, was that a joke? And you go, yeah. And, they, and then they laugh. Like they, didn't, they almost didn't even trust their own instincts to laugh. But in the German language, because of the way the language works, if, if I say, ich mag dich, like I like you. But if I, if I say I don't like you, ich mag dich nicht, which means the no is at the end. So you have to wait till the end of the sentence to know whether you like me or not. So that's why they stare at you. And they wait till the end of the sentence with that stoic look on their face. But that's the way Ralph Reiernik talks. And my big question is, how long is that going to last with the media? How long are people going to feel like they're at some sort of convention? And and it's not about football. It's about vacuum cleaners. And you're learning the the intricate instructions of how this thing works. Because when he starts explaining football, that's what it sounds like to me. Now, You're saying, what the hell does this have anything to do with Manchester United? Why don't you go check their lineup? Check their lineup against young boys. Some names you haven't seen in a while, huh? Some names that have never even been on the field before. Why is that? Why is that? Ask yourself that. Really try and get philosophical here and say, why why wouldn't he play a guy like Pogba? Or why, why... He's showcasing Matic and Mata to go away, by the way. He doesn't want them. He doesn't want them on their books. He wants some young kid who's going to listen to the instruction manual and isn't going to complain. That's why we saw some kids out there who are implementing a system of play. Not a style of play, but listen to the things that are coming out of his mouth. He's talking about game models. He's talking about preferred style of play. He's talking about systematic dictation of the game. You must dictate the game. It's something he says a lot. What does he mean by that? Once you recover the ball, you must try to score in 10 seconds. It, it, look, that takes some explaining. But it, and, and the game isn't always that simple, but there is a method to this guy's madness, and it's not madness. It's just boring as hell, soccer. Now, does that work in Leipzig? Absolutely. Because they wait till the end of the sentence. The English are going, what are you talking about? And they're getting angry with this guy already. And I feel it. That's why I made that face when he was getting interviewed. Oh, okay. I'll go back to this. Let me take, let me take you through. What has happened? A couple of surprises here. Dortmund's been bounced out of this thing. Atleti sneaks in. How about that? Milan was terrible, but let's go through every group. Group A is uh, was, was never going to be easy for Jesse Marsh. It couldn't have gotten any worse, to be honest. So if you, you come into a group, and Group A consists of Man City, Paris Saint-Germain, Leipzig, and Bruges. I still haven't figured out who Bruges beat. They had one win in this whole, whole deal. It's probably Leipzig, and it's probably why uh, Jesse Marsh got the pink slip. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm guessing there. But there's no way. I, I I just can't see Bruce beating Paris Saint-Germain or Man City. But Man City gets out of there with four wins and two losses. Now, if going into the next group, this is, this is kind of cool. I mean, Liverpool's on a run again. Uh, they find themselves you know, close to or, not, or on the top of the table in the EPL once again. But this is the first time an English team in the EPL in the modern world has ever won all of their group stage games, which is pretty cool. And they had 17 goals for, Not bad. A clear 18 points and a goal difference of 11. But Atletico slips in there after a horrible start with three losses and a tie. They only had two wins. And they get in this deal. That's mainly because uh, Liverpool beat everybody up. So Liverpool and uh, Diego Simeone are going to make it to the next part. Now here's the team that, I don't know why it's surprising people. It shouldn't surprise me. But better numbers actually than Then Liverpool, in a pretty, not an easy group. You know, Bashi is out of this thing, and so is Dortmund. Sporting sneaks in yesterday. Same point total. Goal difference kills Dortmund. So they both had nine points, and Sporting is going to uh, see their way into the next stage of this. Now, Ajax is the team I'm talking about. And there is another record that needs to be, not really a record, but another point of interest, if you will, Sebastian Haller. You might remember him, I remember him, believe it or not, way back to his Utrecht days when it was like, oh, wait, who's this guy? He goes to Frankfurt, ends up at West Ham. You know, you know a goal every three games. I, I guess he was 24 for 60 or somewhere around there. I'm not, I don't have it in front of me. I'm not really a big stat guy, but the numbers were, were, were pretty good. They weren't bad, um, either, at, at, either at Frankfurt and or uh, in the Bundesliga and or the EPL, but now he finds himself on a run. Now, it, this is what happens to players, though. They make the jump, they go up to the EPL, minimal success, great success, no success, whatever. When they make the jump back down to what is perceived as a lesser league, and that would certainly be Holland, of course you're going to score, right? Yeah, but when you score in every game in the group stages against Sporting, Dortmund, and Bashitas, that's something. Keep an eye on this kid. Sebastian Holler is a lot better than we thought, and he's probably pissed off that he has to read about how he's playing in a lesser league now, and he's not as important as he used to be. No surprises in Group D. Uh, Real Madrid at the top. uh, They only had one loss, and we remember that one. That was an odd one, right out of the gates with uh, Sharif. Uh, But uh, Sharif and uh, Shakhtar Donetsk are not in this competition anymore with two and seven points, respectively. Inter right behind them, right behind Real Madrid with 15 points um, and Inter with 10. So those are the names you expect to come out of Group D. Group E, and what I would say... Look at these numbers. I mean, as, as good as Ajax was, let's go back. If, if, if you look at Liverpool, 17 goals for, 6 against. 18 points, great. Ajax, 20 goals for, 5 against. 18 points, amazing. Real Madrid had a loss in there, but they have 15 points. 14, 4, and 3 against. Still pretty damn good defensively. But here we go. Bayern Munich. Six wins, zero losses, zero ties, 22 goals, for, three against, 18 points. The best goal difference, really, in this competition. I don't know if that makes me look smart. I mean, but their group is is what it is. Benfica uh, and Dynamo Kiev and then Barcelona. Barcelona, if you saw the game yesterday, I think they need a new goalkeeper. I'm sorry. I was never a fan of of, of this in the first place. But, uh, there, you know, there, there are certain re- realities about... Uh, they're staying and I just don't think he's the right guy German or not. I like German goalkeepers too. Apparently the EPO likes German coaches, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work out. Benfica, a wonderful performance yesterday, but they are two wins, two draws, two losses, you know, a minus on the, uh, the goal difference, but they still were in Byron's group and they squeak out of this thing. So congratulations to them. Manchester United leads group, uh, F Villarreal, uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll see another day not great, 3 wins, two draws and a loss out of, out of Manchester United with 11 points. You know, I don't think there's a group that that wouldn't have qualified you for the next round, but uh, Villarreal is, is is another team that, that can that can that can get tricky. Atalanta gets is is out and Young Boys are out. So David Wagner, nice try. You relegated Shelka Schel- and you somehow got a job and that in itself was a miracle. Congratulations uh so I mean Salzburg is in I don't want to go through all of this um I think there's no real surprises when it comes to you know the rest of this lil is going to be um you know leading their group with 11 points Salzburg right behind him Sevilla and um, at Wolfsburg are out but I don't I remember this when I was still on television with Fox and I remember there was a big deal about Red Bull having two teams in the same competition with the same ownership group and everybody was screaming at the rain at that point about Red Bull dumping a bunch of money into this. It was a corporation. It wasn't uh, a fan. It wasn't the, um, an actual legitimate club to, to a lot of people. And, and they, they took a lot of heat. But they came right out of the gates, even when they were in the fourth division, and said, We're going to win the Champions League. So you got to give them credit. And that's, again, Ralph Ryanick. The guy keeps popping up everywhere. Can't stop talking about the guy. Anyway, so Lilla and uh, Salzburg make it in, but this is odd. You got two Red Bull properties. They must be laughing. My mom used to say, laughing in your big toe. I don't know what that means, but that's, I think that's what they're doing in Salzburg right now. Uh, Group H uh, to round it up. No surprises there. Malmo at the bottom. They got in. They got their money. Zero wins. One draw. Congratulations. And uh, five losses. Um, one goal for, 14 against. One point. I, I don't know. It's not Malmo's fault, but this is why they thought they needed a Super League. Is that they, you know that trip to, to Sweden is a waste of time to the these pompous asses who think that their teams are more important than anything in the world, uh, but Juventus ends up winning their group, and Chelsea comes in second, which surprises me a little bit. Uh, they span out a, a spun out of yesterday 's game with a three three and again again, I mean just i 'm not going to do the official numbers I, I, I could look up the stats, but I th- I would I would venture to guess in the last three games um, and I think Tuchel's about 50 games into his tenure here. I don't know exactly. It Feels like about 50. I could be wrong. But I would say in the last three games, Chelsea's taken more goals than they took in all of them previous to this one. That's a guess. I could be wrong. I could be right. But when they lose 3-2 to and they tie 3-3 to and we're coming up against a uh, transfer window, and we got a couple of uh, defenders who are trying to leverage their success uh, for a bigger contract. I'm talking about Rüdiger and uh, Christensen. They're not necessarily staples of this group, but they certainly need to be there if Silva if slips on a banana peel because he's not getting any younger. But Tuchel is, um, is an interesting guy. And I think his, his defensive principles are why... Um, why his team is, is really doing well. I, I, I teased him a little bit on Twitter because he, he was incapable of congratulating West Ham on their 3-2 win uh, in the EPL last week. And it was just about the details and about how he we weren't focused and Mindy wasn't having a good job. And it, you can't do that, man. Don't start blaming. Don't start pointing fingers. Come on, German. Figure out a way to smile. It worked for Klopp. Klopp's been through a lot of shit and he got through it. He's been through a lot. But it's the moments where it wasn't going well when he put on the smile that made that team better. Not the, I can't believe we didn't win. This is, this is, this is unacceptable. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Anyway, if, for those of you who didn't know this, I mean, Tuchel uh, it was mentored by Reiernik. So, Ralph Reiernik, here we go again. I mean, I've, I've been trying really hard not to talk about this guy, but i got to talk about it some more. Reiernik was, was, was the mentor to um, uh, Tuchel. Gave him his first job, I believe, at Stuttgart. I could be wrong there. Check that one. I just, I'm just i going off of memory here, and I, I, I do have a phenomenal memory, and sometimes I, I miss it by um, a number or a letter, but I'm, for the most part, I'm right. But I'm pretty sure Le- Rionic was a, a huge part of Tuchel. And if you look at what's happening to the EPL, um, it's getting invaded by German coaches. Maybe invade is the wrong word. Let me, let me use a different word. Uh, is, is being infiltrated by the German Uh, contingency every once in a while I say the wrong word that it's yeah I just said I was gonna say the wrong word and I did you don't want to say invade and and involve the Germans that's just not fair either way uh, I think that this whole operation because now you know looking at the, the the landscape of what may or may not happen with Jesse Marsh who has also worked within that system now Jesse is a great assistant can he handle the big picture is it, is it, was it too much maybe at Leipzig? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I remember when he got fired at Montreal. He got fired at Montreal and he only been there for eight weeks or eight months or whatever it was. And then he was like, man, I had a three-year contract. I'm gonna travel the world on their money. It's a good gig if you can get it. And you can handle getting fired and still finding the next job. But I think this is the way Ryernik is gonna do this. Because after yesterday's press conference and the way that he spoke, and the way that the, the media reacted, it, it was very telling. It was very telling. And, I, and, and the fact that the, the lineup that he chose, I'm going to go through it really quick. I think I should do that. That would probably be a, a, a smart thing because I'm, I'm talking about things without really getting into the weeds, but I want to I make sure that people understand what I'm, what, I'm, what I'm saying here. In this particular game, if I can figure out how to pull it up. Now I do things on the fly like that. Did you see the game? First of all, did you see the game? Did you see the way they conceded a goal? Right. And you know, it it starts off great. And and, uh, Greenwood gets the uh, pretty acrobatic goal, which was interesting because that's great. It's great to see that, that, you know, players aren't aren't afraid to just say, yeah, I'm going to go for it. But I think, this was a game where we got to see immediately a new way of doing things, implementing a style of play, and also maybe an overall culture. Because the team itself, if I could figure it out, I'm going to ask one of my assistants to show me the lineup. But the um, the reality is, is that we got to see some new faces, right? And, and some... If you're if you're really trying to understand um, what that was all about, you know you know Lingard's moving. We had that we had that, that upped his price a little bit just to get on the field. But nods on in on the on the field, okay, Alenga. Am I saying that right? I don't. Even, I haven't seen this kid before. I mean, look at the and, and Mata gets a game. Vanderbeck gets a game. We had a beak, Sorry. The reality of this is, this is, what this means is that Manchester United has been convinced by a man named Ralph Reiernik, you don't need to do it that way. There's a better way to do this, and it's gonna save you a lot of money. That's what they needed to hear. It's almost like the scene in that movie, what is that, Black Sheep, when um, he says, okay, I'll buy from you, and he's like, you will? You know, it, it, it's, it's kinda like, that's where that meeting went. Everybody was assuming us oh, as Manchester United. It's this massive castle and we all must bow down to, the, to what this is. And Old Trafford is, is the theater of dreams. And he said, no, nope, you know, we're going to go back to the basics. You're going implement to implement a system. You're not going to, to go about this way. You know, yesterday, um, I, well, was it yesterday? I can't remember if it was yesterday. But So my friend that I, I mentioned earlier, I'll say his name. His name is Diego. We, we went to lunch and it was his birthday. And... He's the one that reminded me. So I listened to the podcast. Oh, you did? Okay, cool. And he says, um, I liked your point about Reionix. It's almost like you go into a new company and you have to learn a new software. I'm like, yes, that's what I should have said. It's not learning a new system of how do you do that. It's a new software. Think of it that way. Think about changing computers. I went from a Dell to an Apple. Okay, guess what? New commands. I can't even figure out this one. I don't, I don't know how I would figure out. If, if somebody gave me a new computer and said, well, you got to use this one. That's what this is. No, 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 no. I'm comfortable with this phone. No, 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 no. I don't want to change up. I don't want to go from one company to another. I'm, I'm good with Apple. No, but what about T-Mobile? No, I, you know, I, I don't want to do the whole other. I don't want to change. I, people are like that. That's what Manchester United is going through. Well, they went, they went through. It's over now. They made the, they made the move. They basically you know, extracted you know, one, of their, one of their own in, in Gunnar Solskjaer and said, all right, okay, we're, I know, it was great. You were part of this. You're back again. It was great to have you here. It's tr- so much tradition, a lot of good memories, but we got to change with the times. And this is really more so than anything else. Manchester United trying to be ahead of the game. That's all this is. It's not going back to the well. They tried that. Louis Van Gaal, Jose Mourinho. They tried it. They said, well, let's just get you know a big name in here and, and they'll figure it out. This, this place was Sir Alex's house for 20 some odd years. They had a problem. They said, it was like, ask Alex. I don't know. He's going to make the final decision anyway. It's a different ball game now. It's very different. It's going to be very difficult for a lot of those traditionalists that are at Manchester United to try and get through this next phase. And I don't know, I, I, I just, okay, I want you to remember this moment, right? And I want you to remember, well, once we spin out of the transfer window, because there's going to be some movement there, folks. And, it, and, and to, to many, I'll just predict it now, I don't even recognize this lineup. Who are these kids? Who are these people? I hope this guy's right. We put all our ba- eggs in one basket. I hope he's right, because this is what we're doing. Now I can, I can assure you of one thing, and this is what's really weird about Reiernik, he knows everything about everybody in his organization. Everything. There's a part of that, that causes some discomfort with certain players. And these, those are not the players you think. The Young players don't know any better. They have to learn this. You know, like the young kids are like, you know, the interns or whatever, whatever business you're in, it doesn't matter. If you've been in a job for a long time, you know how the job works. You've almost, it's almost like I get up in the morning, whether I want to go to work or not. I look at the clock. I have my routine. I actually know on a Tuesday, I might want to go left instead of right because that's a better way to work because I've been doing this so freaking long. I know exactly where I am. I know exactly when that old lady's going to cross the street in the morning with her dog. So I'm not going to go that way. That's how long I've been here. The kids don't care. They're the first ones there. They're soaking it in. And to them, Rionick is a god, and he's in charge. And if you really want to go there, when you go to a big club and you're a young player, you're not sure how long it's going to take to get your opportunity. Rionick has probably had meetings with these kids already and said, I hope you're ready because here we go. That's not how I work. I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I need you to practice really well for six months before I make a decision. No, you, you know, you did good on Tuesday. Let's see how you do on uh, Saturday. Here we go. That is a different way of doing things. It's going to test the Manchester United faithful. It's going to be a test because that, those, those press conferences aren't going to be the same. <laughs> It's basically a dictation of everything that happened. And it's almost like a computer when he's spitting that shit out. It's, it's like oh, in the 17th minute with 14 seconds, this is what happened. It's like, oh my God, did he just say that? But that's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be. And, and it's, it's going to fascinate some of us and it's going to scare the rest of us. Because we're going to be like, whoa, what is this? And some of, some of us are going are to say it's smoke and mirrors. Some of us are going to, you know, but the reality is it's, it's going to be a conversation. And we are right at the beginning of that conversation. But maybe it's just me because I'm familiar with with this uh, approach that I'm already in the frame of mind that this could possibly um, never change. And the same, I I mean, I'll I'll say this. He's going to, what he said yesterday, he will probably say the exact same thing two and a half years from now in the exact same way. Whether he's at Manchester United or not, it won't matter. That's the way that guy talks. I mean, I, this is a rude thing to say, but people like that don't stay married long. I mean, it's almost like having like, a, like a, when you date a lot, and I, I don't really know, but if you, if there's always that moment where, you, where you, you, you meet somebody and they're like, oh, you're really cool. I like the way they talk. And then when they keep saying the same stuff, so they have that same mannerism that just drives you nuts. You just can't, you want to get away from them. And so you, you know, that's, that's the, actually the nature of the coaching profession. And some of them last longer than others. There's a reason why people move after two years. I mean, I've been fascinated with Pep Guardiola because Pep has, been, has lasted a lot longer than he normally does. He must really like it there. But and he's winning, and he's gone through some some bad times and tumultuous times, but but at the end of the day, he's still, he's still bringing in energy. It's nice. It's like his voice is so soothing. And he starts to scratch his face, and he does all that. thing. I, I like Pep. I like him a lot. I've got, I'm very fortunate to spend a little bit of time with him. His time at Bayern, of course, at Barcelona. And he's just a very passionate man about the game. But he's kind of a part of the fabric of the club. And he's kind of got over the hump. It's like Moisey when he went in Everton. You know, it was, it was like that. Done. No, it, it's, it's like Sir Alex at, at, at Manchester United. And now everyone is, know, is, I was listening to some of the comments, some of the pundits of CBS, and they're saying, those days are over. There's no longer a coach that's going to come in and be here forever. It just doesn't happen. It's on to the next thing. And that's what Ralph Arnick represents right now. Carlo Ancelotti. He's like, Carlo Ancelotti, you get sick of him? It's kind of weird. He's like the girlfriend you, you, you want back after you get off, sick of her. But then, like, immediately you miss him. It's like, oh, I miss him. I want to bring him back. And he keeps going back to the same place as he's been. He's like, it's time and time and over again. That's just great. But I don't think that's going to be the case with Ralph Arnick. Oh, man. Good luck, Manchester. I hope you enjoy the ride. Just don't fall asleep at the wheel. That's it for today. I mean, that's, that's really all I got. I, I'm, I'm just as curious as you as how this weekend is going to work out. It's always uh, uh, confusing spinning out of the, the Champions League stuff. The, I guess I would be remiss if I didn't say, oh, by the way, MLS has a final this weekend. It's the two four seeds. New York is playing against uh, Gio Savarisi and uh, Portland. I'm rooting for Gio. I've already text messaged him. We've, we've already gone back and forth. And I thought I, even before the New York game, I said, God, I hope New York wins. Sorry, Jimmy meaning Jimmy Curtin, I hope New York wins because that's such a special day for Gio. You know, he's such a New Yorker to me. He was like one of the first guys you know, in the Metro Stars, scored, I think, the first or second goal for the Metro Stars way back when against uh, the, the Galaxy at the Rose Bowl. He's a wonderful, wonderful man. I, 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 you know, I don't like the beard, Gio. Get rid of the beard because he looks scary to me. But there's guys that, that in the coaching profession, and, and we have our own little fraternity, I guess. And Jimmy Curtin, of course, is one of those. Uh, Jesse is a part of it, and even Chris Armis is. Chris Armis is a great guy. But I'm really rooting for Gio, and this is really sad. <laughs> I'm sorry, MLS. I have no idea who your coach is, New York. Maybe I'm not paying attention. Maybe I don't care. I don't know who he is. Sorry. Go, Gio. All right, that's it. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, I will hear you next week. In the meantime, be good people out there. Uh, I'm waving to people who are walking past the, uh, the studio here. If you ever get a chance to come to Las Vegas, whether it be over the wintertime, if you, if you don't like the weather, the hot stuff, then, then get to Vegas over the break. So worth it. And uh, give our little studio here this, well, I don't know how many million this costs, but uh, give it a little, you know, come by and give me a wave if you do that. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram now, by the way. I'm on Instagram. I'm enjoying Instagram. It's, it's not bad. It's, it, I didn't think it was going to be like that. Tony Senna, it was the first guy out of the gates. Welcome to Insta, which was kind of cool. Tony Senna, let's just say this right now. Most underrated American soccer player ever. I'll never back down from that argument. You want to argue with me? Argue with me on Twitter. That's what everybody else does. Either way, spin yourself into a great weekend and I'll hear you next week. Bye for now.